Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this narration of the web novel Burning Stars, Falling Skies, taken from both HFY and Royal Road. The link to the original will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please subscribe, like, and comment so that the great algorithm and all its wisdom decides to help grow this channel. Chapter 9, Nation The Redax stood on a wooden platform, a crowd of Dodge Doll behind her. In her rasper, she held a hand-blown bottle, still dark as the desert sand as was forged from. The bottle itself contained a foul brew fermented from the grain used for the hardened herds that now occupied most of the grassland between the swamp and desert. She couldn't stand the stuff, and most of her daughters agreed with her but the influx of new Dutch tal from the conquerors loved it. Lament. Her voice echoed throughout the quiet crowd. My line knows of the importance of why we are here today. For the remainder of you, rest easy knowing that today we step into a wider world. No longer will traveling to and from the mines of Sask, laden with ore and the fruits of industry bow your backs. No longer will the trip to the pastures of Vale take days. Soon travel will be safe and easy. Seeing your sisters and daughters will be but a matter of hours. Communications between the cities will be quick and efficient. As of this moment, we are no longer five allied tribes, but one united one. She swung the bottle, shattering it against the side of the crude train. A meaningless human ritual, but one that felt right for the moment. Over the past three years, Lament had expanded to the point where one city no longer made sense. Its location provided it with a little bit of access to everything, but Lament would never truly be able to specialize. Instead, the Dutch Tull had built villages in nearby areas to take advantage of resources that they had in abundance. Sask was the first to be built. Next to a pair of iron and coal mines, it served as their main source of industry and raw materials. Next was the community of Vale, built in the last mountain valley to be conquered. Its fertile fields fed great herds of Harton and Kurthra. Both of the other cities were almost one-third of the size of Lament, numbering 120 and 112 in the last census, respectively. The other two villages, Crest and Oasis, were more waypoints than anything else. Crest was a series of caves carved into the hard mountainside roughly halfway between Sask and Vale. The town consisted of fifteen Dutch tall operating a pair of hotels, a warehouse, and a minor but growing lumber fur trapping industry. Oasis only had twelve Dutch tall, but that was fairly appropriate for the current role as a halfway point to nowhere. Kadash assured Thredak that the oasis stood roughly at the halfway point across the great desert, four days on foot for a seasoned hunter. The hope was that it would serve as a place for caravans to reprovision once the city was established in the plains and the thick forests on the other side of the great desert. Thredak waved a grasper at the crowd, briefly flicking her tongue out to taste the air and regretting it. Everything tasted of heavy, dank brew. She nictated her membranes across her rise in distress while trying to otherwise remain outwardly cool and collected. Over half of Lament's 350 Dodge Tall were gathered to see the train's christening, some out of excitement to see Thredak, others for the historic moment, 
and still others for the free roast hardened meat and the grog that would be handed out by the government employees as part of the celebration. Free, she snorted as she shifted uncomfortably under the crowd's steady croaks and adulation. After a famine, Dallas convinced her that their society had grown too large for goods and services to solely be traded in exchange for promises of social currency. Reluctantly, Three Dak agreed, and they began minting currency. The deck, as Darlis and Pinkrack named the intricately carved Starbeck ivory coins, much to Three Dak's chagrin, quickly caught on. Still, after the famine, something needed to be done. Too many of her daughters were seeking to experiment and expand upon their tribe's knowledge. There weren't enough Dutch to engaged in the hard and unglamorous work of mining, farming, or herding. Then, a long winter settled over the world and there wasn't enough food to go around. Sask, in particular, was hot very hard. Vale and Lament didn't have the spare food to transport to it, and Sask was entirely dependent on imports and trapping to survive. A full quarter of the city died over the winter, giving their lives so that their sisters could consume them and survive. Even in Lament and Vale, dozens of Dutch toll didn't make it through the winter. It took days for Dallas, extorting of her, to a three-dack to agree to ration their hearted herds. Dallas was right. If everyone was fed, there wouldn't be enough breeding stock to sustain the herds come spring. In her years of prosperous reign, three-dack considered that winter to be her only true fading. Her daughters died one after another, and it was completely within her power to save them at the cost of their nation's future. She wept over each and every one. After, she was the only Dutch doll present when they let out their last shallow, rattling breaths as famine took them. Dak insisted on eating the first bite of each of her daughters that died of hunger and lament. It was an act of self-flagellation. There was enough meat for her, but each death weighed on her. She needed to taste their memories, their sorrow and their hopelessness for the last moments. Even a year later, she still remembered each and every moment of those terrible months. You're moping again, mother, Bakai approached her from behind, slapping a grasper on her shoulder. We aren't where the humans were. We can't control the weather and we can't grow food from nothing. You need to stop holding yourself responsible for what happened. I know, she replied, looking up at her daughter. It was strange how, after only a handful of years, most of her daughters were larger than her. Proper nutrition worked wonders. The train will speed things up immensely, Bakai assured her. The cities can farm, will be able to devote more land to farming, while Sask and Kresk can focus on industry. Specialization and interconnectivity will only accelerate our society's growth. Before too long, we'll be able to produce simple electronics. At that point, hunger will be on its final legs. I just worry about you, Threedak locked eyes with Bakai. It feels like you and Dallas are slipping away. She raised her hand to forestall the inevitable objection. I know, Bagai, she continued. Sask needs your attention. It's the hub of the burgeoning industry sector, and it needs you there on site to ensure that things go smoothly. I've seen the reports of all the marvels that you and your smiths have in the works. The same goes for your sister. The bombs surrounding Vale need her attention so that they can avoid another famine. It makes sense. I just don't have to like it. We'll come and visit, she promised Threedak, putting her mother's hand close and clutching the grasper. It's no fun to invent things and not have anyone else to show them to. Plus, other than my smiths, I think you're the only one who actually understands what I'm doing. 
Of course, three lax muzzle curved into a sad smile. I know how close you are to putting together a coal generator and simple batteries. Before long, we'll be able to convert to cleaner power and start to work on proper factories. It'll just be lonely without you and your sister. Mother, Bakai, gently placed a grasper on either side of Bredak's muzzle, guiding her mother's gaze back towards her. You won't be alone. Katash and Pankrat will be here. Plus, you've an entire society to rule. You'll be so busy you won't even notice we're gone. I think it's only a matter of time before Katash relocates to Oasis, Threedak sighed. She keeps talking about how her soldiers will grow soft from city living. Every time I speak to her, she's away putting together another training plan to toughen them up and prepare. Apparently, there's a natural sulfur in some of the springs near Oasis. She's already putting together plans to make black powder weapons. Pinkrack will be here, the guy responded. Her and her apprentices all wrapped up in the mosaic that they're installing in the walls of the new palace. Even if the rest of us aren't around, she'll be there to keep her company. You know better than that, Threedak chuckled. When Pink Racket's wrapped up in a project, she loses all track of time. It'd be more effective for me to talk to her heart and then try to get an answer out of her while she's trying to get the perfect tint for the glass shards that she's putting on the wall. I wouldn't change anything, she sighed, stopping her daughter from another inevitable attempt to cheer her up. This is as it should be. My daughters are fully grown, each shouldering their own responsibilities across the young nation. I'll miss having you here with me, but that would involve turning our backs on the Dodge Tower Collective's destiny. We will never be able to claim our birthright in space without progress, and the quickest path there is for each of you to do what you are best at. Dallas will continue to handle our food supplies and economy, Friedak turned to her daughter, staring off towards the nearby mountains. You will push our understanding of the technological capacity. Katash will make sure that we are able to withstand in trial, internal and external. Pankrat will stay here in the capital, home of our administration and culture, and nurture the next generations of artists and dreamers. Still, Friedak didn't turn from the mountains, her daughter's presence heavy behind her. Then mother grieve as the daughters leave the nest. I, uh... Makai's muzzle opened and closed. The crowds cleared the train station behind them, heading to the celebratory barbecue. Only have one request. Threedak turned back to her daughter, the ghost of a smile exposing her sharp teeth. As soon as we have electricity, expedite developing the telegraph. I want to be able to hear from you all as you take up where I've left off. Molding our race into what it will need to be. End of chapter. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you enjoyed the story, please follow the link down below and let the author know. If you wish to support this channel, you can do all the usual YouTube gumph, like subscribing, following, and more importantly, sharing. All of these things do help the channel grow. If you wish to do more, there are links for donations, Patreon, and channel memberships as well. And until the next time, I hope that you all have a wonderful one. I will see you in the next video. Cheers.